Gracious God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. May I be the first to wish you an official Merry Christmas. Whatever brought you to Holy Communion this evening, we are glad you are here. Some of you are here because your parents made you come. That's a good thing. It's good to build up political capital at home. You might need it later. Some of you are here because a sibling asked you to accompany them. Some of you are here because your rector asked you to help or read. Thank you. Some of you are here because it is Christmas and you are wandering and perhaps you feel a little awkward with all this tradition. That's okay. You're welcome as well. And some of you are here to hear our choir sing, maybe support a particular member as they perform Bird's Mass. Thanks to you. Whatever brought you here tonight, welcome. We're glad you're here. Merry Christmas. Christmas comes as a beloved contradiction. God comes not to the protected center, but to the edge. Once in royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed. This very Victorian carol captures the tension. The royal city holds a place so humble, and God's power chooses to enter there. The back and forth can seem extreme on Christmas. The hymns we sing swing wide with our emotions. We jump between the quiet of silent night and the blasting trumpets of joy to the world. Christmas comes to our ears as a contradiction, yet we love the tension. We come to this service with anticipation to hear once more the message of the angels, to sing these hymns and splendid descants. We celebrate that the full glory of God enters the most humble of human circumstances. What a contradiction. As I prepared to preach this night, I was stopped in the first verse of our gospel by the character Augustus. In those days, a decree went out from the emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. Caesar Augustus was great nephew of Julius Caesar, his adopted heir. Augustus is considered Rome's first emperor. His rule marks the end of the Roman Republic. Augustus was a famed builder of roads and cities. He joked of himself that when he rose to power, quote, I found Rome brick, I left it marble. As the adopted son of Julius Caesar, he was given the title son of God. Augustus was a fitting name, at least in the emperor's own mind. Coating your capital in marble is expensive, it turns out. So the emperor declared a tax. That's how the King James Bible translates this first verse of Luke's second chapter. A decree went out that all the world should be taxed. Augustus registered and taxed the whole known world. And so Mary and Joseph make their way to Bethlehem, to royal David's city, 
and find themselves at the manger with their new son. God appears in human history not in the halls of centralized power, but on the edge, surrounded by a motley crew of shepherds. Luke likely included Augustus in part to give us some exposition. When did these things take place? In the reign of the first Roman emperor. Surely you've heard of him. Jesus' contemporaries knew that the wider world would need a sense of context. The preacher William Sloan Coffin once said that if you took a Gallup poll, there's no question at that time which figure would have been estimated more significant, the august emperor or Jesus the baby in the manger. And yet, what a sign of hope for humanity. While the marble of Rome lies in ruin, here we are this night, celebrating Jesus' birth. Christmas contradicts human logic. Alan Rowan Crite, the famed black Episcopalian artist, his image of Mary and Jesus is on the cover of your bulletin. Crite captures the contradiction well. Mary and Jesus are drawn with curves and ovals, the soft center in the midst of the hard ramshackle lines forming the city around them. Kreitz is not the traditional nativity scene, no mighty angels, no peaceful snowy fields, no bright star. In the image on your bulletin, the angels give way to a humble stoop in a rough neighborhood. But even there, Mother and child share a loving gaze. God incarnate is held by Mary on the edge of town, in the dangerous street. The story we tell this night is not far off the artist's rendition. Jesus is not born in the royal hospital. God comes in flesh not in the imperial palace of Rome or even in the provincial capital of Jerusalem. God comes on the edge on the edge of the edge, the margin of the margin, and still there is no room. One of the most meaningful liturgies for Christmas I've ever attended involved a long walk. A decade ago, I was living in San Diego, California. A college friend invited me to the Border Posadas. Church groups from San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico, were to meet on either side of the border fence, just a few yards from the Pacific Ocean. The Posada celebration comes from Latin America. Traditionally, a procession forms, moving from house to house. The people, like Mary and Joseph, ask for room in the inn. At house after house, they are turned down. And so the procession continues singing until it comes to the designated home or hall or to the church, where at last they are given room and the party begins. That December, the air was cold. Well, cold for California. The border patrol, in a measure of crowd control, locked down the parking lot nearest the border fence. So those of us who wanted to participate had to walk about a mile on sandy beach paths down. Some of our fellow travelers were filled with anticipation. There, on either side of the fence, they planned to reunite with family members. Because immigration status might be in question, or a loved one might lack a visa, 
Crossing the border was out of question that Christmas. These folks trudged through the sand with smiles and with little gifts to pass through the fence, if they could just sneak them past the border guards. When we arrived, we sang Christmas carols in English and in Spanish. We read scripture, we prayed, one congregation separated by a border. Hearing the refrain, there is no room, up against that menacing fence made the contradicting message of our story all the more poignant. Humans failed to make room for God and one another. In the words of John's Gospel, Christ's own people failed to recognize him. Mary and Joseph didn't choose their journey following Luke's story. The Emperor Augustus' decree meant they were forced to travel The registry was required. Mary was heavy with child, and the journey could not have been easy. On a clear day today, you can see the edge of Bethlehem from the hills of Jerusalem. Royal David's city is made visible by the huge border fence constructed by the modern state of Israel. Bethlehem is in the Palestinian territory. During my seminary pilgrimage, we crossed over to see the Church of the Nativity. The journey reminded me of my trips to the U.S.-Mexico border. The guards in Israel wore similar uniforms to the U.S. Border Patrol. They carried almost identical weapons. You have to go beyond the guards, beyond the wall, to find the place where Jesus was born. Leaving behind a sense of safety can feel like a contradiction. In my travels, passing past border patrol and militarized walls, barriers built to keep people like me safe, I have thought in my gut, would my mother really want me to leave this cordon safety? I've talked with her since. Her response is mixed. In the midst of the contradiction, On the edge of the respectable, outside the centers of power, Christ comes. God comes to us. Emmanuel, God is with us in the most dire of human circumstances. And this is good news. Out on the edges, out beyond what we can control, in circumstances that Mary and Joseph surely did not choose, Jesus was born. Tonight, thousands of years later, we celebrate the love of God coming to transform our world, our lives. And in scripture, we hear once more the message of the angels, a message which can feel like a contradiction. God comes to the edge. As a priest, I'm privileged to spend some edgy moments with folks. I'm invited to stand by hospital beds, to negotiate with landlords who've handed out an eviction notice. Parishioners ask me to walk with them in protests and to pray with them after a loved one has died. Those of us who are in the clergy are privileged to stand as witnesses as God continues to come to the edges of human life. When we are at our worst is often when God breaks through. I have also had the privilege to witness those creative edges that change life. I've celebrated with entrepreneurs as a little side project becomes a full-time job. 
I've walked with folks as an unexpected friendship blossomed into romance. I've witnessed vows to love, honor, and cherish a spouse. I've seen college students discover a passion and launch into a career. Often the moments of clarity come not in the carefully controlled center of our lives, but out on the creative edges. The edges are God's territory. And so this night we wait silently. We light candles against the dark. We stand as witnesses to the persistent work of God, the continued blessing of the edges of life, even this year, especially this year. And this night we shout loud hosannas. We proclaim with all our might, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Tonight we embrace the mystery of Christmas. We celebrate a contradiction we may never fully understand never fully comprehend. God loves us, and God came to redeem us even from our own sense of control. Merry Christmas. Amen.